listening to enter vr the podcast on all things virtual reality i'm chris miranda your host and today i'm speaking with andy sen sun sun yeah okay cool thanks andy um uh thanks for coming along you are the founder of tribe i believe yep cool um i'm glad i nailed that actually i was like i i I hope i double check that fact um but it went through well and we can continue this thing raw dog um andy uh what is tribe well tribe is essentially a way to stream and watch media with your friends and family in virtual reality how does it work um well it's really simple it's basically uh you go into the app and um you can find your list of friends that are uh, that are also available, that are also, that also have the app. And, and the idea is that we want to create an experience that lets you pull people in from within the client. So you can do all of this while you are uh, just on the desktop. Um, and then you can essentially invite users in, and then they'll receive a call, almost like a Skype-like interface. And then once both of you guys are connected, you can, you can put the headset on and um, go into virtual reality. And once you're in there, you can basically watch uh, watch TV with with your friends and loved ones in this private, uh, instanced virtual space. Um, and then you know you, the the TV, you can change the remote and change the channels. But the real goal is to allow people to come together and share this kind of intimate social experience in virtual reality. Yeah, I I, I hope I don't uh, offend you by using the cliche. Um, you're you guys are. Uh, targeting to become the Skype of virtual reality. Um, I don't know if that would be a, a good assessment. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to kind of get hammer your elevator pitch down. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, um, that's we're, we we aim to be so much more eventually. But mm. it, it's it is an apt description of um, the kind of experience we're trying to recreate and the type of users that we're trying to target. Yeah. Uh, Specifically because I use Skype with my fiance who lives on the opposite coast with me every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skype, FaceTime, Hangouts, whatever has the best bandwidth at the time <laughs> tends to be like different depending on what day it is for some reason. Yeah. Um, we, we kind of get on Skype and then we'll actually watch Netflix together and we'll pretend that we're actually sitting in the same room. So so tell me about bandwidth. Um, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, virtual reality experiences will be a little bit heavier on the bandwidth um, of your internet connection. So I'm trying to figure out how you guys are getting around those challenges and, um, you know, do you have any innovative solutions? What are your solutions? What are you doing to get around the, the issues of bandwidth? Well, first of all, I, I, I do think that that is kind of a misconception. Mm. Um in terms of the bandwidth that it'll actually uh, eat up. Uh, it, it probably actually eats up less bandwidth than vi- video chat um, because with with uh, with virtual reality, you're essentially just sending uh, packets of information that tell you what rotation your your avatar is sitting in or what, you know, what uh, what position he is in this 3D virtual world. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this abstract data that can then be mapped by the game engine, right? Whereas mm-hmm. with video chat, you're basically compressing this uh, 
all of this video data and then sending streaming it across to the other person. So in terms of the actual bandwidth, the interaction in the app will take, it's actually less. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of the the video that you're streaming, it's going to take the same amount of bandwidth um, as you would when you're streaming any Netflix and or YouTube video. So net net, I think uh, it's actually going to be less bandwidth than if you were to do the same thing over video chat with with, with someone. Awesome. Thanks for clearing that misconception. Um, and yeah. and so, what is how, you know the TV portion of this of this or the the shared video watching portion? You know mm -hmm. how how will that work? You know how will I be able to get my Netflix account synced with, you know the the app or or whatever else I have? You know how how is that going to work? Well, the core technology is essentially just a we just bring in a two D browser and sync that browser across um, uh, across the two devices, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, if, if you're logged into Netflix, then you'll be able to view the video. If you're not logged in, it'll prompt you to log in. Otherwise, all you'll see is the Netflix login dialog. Um, so in terms of the technology, that's how it works. Um, you know, in terms of the experience, uh, we haven't, um, to be honest, we haven't actually figured out, like, what is the best way to do that. We're still very much in the prototyping phases of, like, how do you, like, give control of the the TV set over you know but in in the perfect in a perfect world you would look down at, uh, and you would be able to hand right the controller with an HTC Vive uh, hand this remote over to your friend and they could just pick up the remote or the keyboard or whatever and and um, change the channel just like you were sitting there in real life um, but we're we're experimenting with a variety of methods to kind of be able to interact with this virtual world very cool. Um, you guys are not the first or, and are not the only social VR yeah. experience out there. And, you know, it's, and it, it's, it, it adds validity, validity to the argument that there's something here with social VR. Um, and you guys are chasing after that. And I'd like to know, you know, what are your strengths? What are you, you know, in, in your overall app team, you know, you know, what do you guys have the other other teams don't um yeah well first of all i'd kind of just uh i want to just call out the the amazing things that have already been done hmm. in in social vr today um you know i'm everyone that i've talked to has been super supportive in fact it was these guys that told that basically made me feel like something like this was possible right mm -hmm. um you know your converges alt space vr chat janice is of the world um even like stuff like high fidelity, um, and they've all been really awesome. Uh, I I do think that what we focus on is more intimate social interactions. So we want it to feel like, you know, it's not a, a chat room where or or an event uh, uh, where you're meeting people at, like say a conference, for example. We want it to feel like you're really sitting there, hanging out with your friends. Um, or loved ones. So in to that extent, we're going to be focusing on these very realistic, uh, ultra realistic, intimate environments um, with realistic avatars um, that, you know, mimic your head, head movement, uh, track your body, allow you to express how you're feeling, um, things like that. So that's the type of stuff that we're going to be aiming for is to make it feel as close to real life uh, as possible. And one of the things we're not sacrificing on um, because this is an app that I personally want to use, my fiance, is 
uh, like graphics quality and lighting, for example. Mm -hmm. That's why we're using Unreal Engine for for our for our prototype, and we'll continue to use that as we build the actual product itself. Um, uh, in terms of the strengths that our team has, uh, you know, I, I think I think the main strength is that we're all super super passionate about it. But the team is is basically con comprised of you know uh, me, uh, Gabe who's a PhD at UC Davis, uh, Pete, who um, basically did computer science at, at Northwestern, and uh, Hugo, who I've worked with pre previously, uh, who's an amazing web designer. So um, we're all technical, all of us, so we all know what it takes to build these technologies. And I personally have spent um, the past you know, the past four years of my life working on mobile games and apps, working on some of the highest grossing, most profitable uh, and immersive uh, gaming experiences on mobile. And so I hope to kind of take that kind of experience to VR. Mm -hmm. But, you know, honestly, it, it's more about passion and it's more about our technical chops than anything else. We really want to build something that is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this: Are you are you aiming for accessibility or 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 features? Um, and can you do both? And here's a scenario: You know, um, mm -hmm. you're you're uh, you, from what you said, you're targeting a, a more intimate experience with friends and family. If I yeah. <clears throat> if I want to do this with with family, like my grandmother, you know, I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out what. I'm trying. I'm, I'm thinking like, well, what interface would be the yeah. least amount of resistance for her to go from? Grandma put the rift on to we're watching Iron Man seven, you know, whatever mm. day, whenever that comes out. And, you know, I, in my mind, I'm like, well, what interface could, could appeal? What could work? Maybe you could put in a, a tunnel and a light at the end of it and just tell grandma, I just go to the light at the end of the tunnel. It's easy. And then you'll see me there and we'll be able to watch Iron Man seven. But honestly, though, you know, what do you think about um, those two things? Are Can, can they be? Uh, can you, you know, which one are you aiming for, accessibility or, or, or features? So, so input is, is a problem, is, is this perennial unsolved problem that, that every VR developer must deal with. In yeah. terms of accessibility, um, we face that problem even more so because we're trying to get people that have, like, your, my fiance doesn't know anything about VR, right? So mm -hmm. I have to create a product that they could potentially use. Um, uh, that being said, the way that we're going about this is by first creating a product that can be used by enthusiasts in virtual reality mm -hmm. um, and then iterating on that to create the best user experience possible. Um, we're focusing more on realism and features um, well, yeah, and ease of use. I mean, we're focusing mostly on, I guess, developing the best product out there for the current audience there is. Mm -hmm. um, so the ultimate dream is to be able to have my fiance use this. But initially, we're going to be uh, focusing on the enthusiast community. And the reason we're doing that is because the dynamics of realistic social interaction should be similar regardless of whether or not you're talking to, like, you know, you or Bruce or Rev Kyle or whatever, or if you're talking to a close family member, right? Like if we can get those type of social cues down, right? Mm -hmm. um, in in this community where everybody has head-mounted displays, uh, we'll be ready for it when, you know, they hit mainstream sometime within the next year. Yeah, let's go deeper into the whole social interaction thing because 
you know, as long as avatars uh, stay static and non-alive looking, it's going to be hard for people to, um, you know, get fully, fully immersed, like 100%, you know. So, so I wonder, you know, and this might be a question out of left field or it might be one of those more future type questions. Um, you know, what do you, how do you think that problem can be solved? How do we get human expression into avatars and virtual reality? I was, for example, just checking a, a, sure. a, a an article where they, I think there's a company called Affectiva um, mm -hmm. and they're using cameras to track people's facial expressions and then um, use algorithms to, to make uh, cool things out of that. Uh, data. Yeah. But I wonder what yeah. you think. So I have a short-term answer and a long-term answer, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll kind of spend a little bit of time covering both. Mm -hmm. um, short-term, there are ways you can kind of trick uh, the brain through illusions and through algorithms into believing that uh, the avatar is more real than it actually is. Um, specifically, you know, there are, th there are research papers out there that can basically tell you what uh, based off of head rotation, where sh your eye should be saccading, for example, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we can implement, like, I, I don't know if you've used Tori Nava's uh, Coffee Without Words. Mm, um, no, enlighten me. I feel like I've heard yeah. about this more than once, though. Yeah, it's this thing, it's this demo that this guy uh, built in Unity, and Tori's awesome. Yeah. Um, but he basically tries out all these time these these demos uh, that mimic human interaction, and one of them is where you're sitting across the the room from this um, attractive looking young female that is looking at you, right? And it's completely you know randomly generated, but using these algorithms. And when he she looks you in the eye, you can actually feel her looking at you. You feel like there's a real person on the other side of that room, even though it all the the, the you know, the graphics are low poly and the avatars and that realistically rendered just that, you know, feeling of eye contact, that one second connection gives you this kind of powerful feeling that that person's actual will be real. And so um, these types of things are going to be the tricks that we're using to make it feel like there's an actual person on the other side versus just having this cardboard cutout. Um, I mean, you know, without going into too much detail, we're also consider like, you know, experimenting with putting helmets on people so that you can only see their eyes, right? So you don't have to look at their mouth move. You don't have to look at this big cardboard cutout. And you'd think that would make it feel like weird, but, you know, it, it, it goes back to that whole, uh, that Reddit article I read a while ago of this, this guy sitting in a car um, watching his dad drive in VR. And because his dad had the helmet, like the avatar had the helmet on, he could see his dad's hands move and his brain was able to make that mental leap. And he felt like he was actually sitting next to his dad in VR while he was driving. Um, so those are the things that we want to do short term, like tricks to make it feel like it's more realistic than it actually is. Right. Mm -hmm. um, long term, uh, there's a whole, whole host of technologies that are coming out that will make realistic eye contact possible. The faux, for example, or uh, sensormotics, uh, um, eye tracking technology that can be put into a DK2. Like all of the, I think eye tracking is going to be crucial to uh, virtual reality going forward. And Palmer Lucky recently posted on a Japanese blog, right? I'm, I'm sure you saw this, or a Japanese news article of how they were using infrared cameras because they're capable of eventually doing things like expression detection and emotion detection. Hmm. So 
you know, in the future, you could have infrared cameras and you could have cameras that track emotions on your avatar and map them to your actual avatar itself. Yeah. And that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. That would be, uh, yeah, that would be insane. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And with five, you know, lighthouse sensors, you know, Alan Yates has said it's possible to track not only, uh, um, position, but also gestures, right. And mm -hmm. movement, um, yeah, I, I, there's so much uh, possibility and potential here, um, and it's barely the tip of the iceberg in terms of the creative potential that needs to be unlocked. Um, and you're you're a part of that equation out there, adding your adding your grain of sand that could be a fucking boulder one day. Um, so so let's let's talk a little bit more about fundamentally. You know, what do you think people are um, are, are, you know, why would people, the average person, in, enjoy this experience? What do you think, you know, and how do you sell that to the average average person? Um, I think the experience is, is the, the dream is, is very, I mean, compared to other companies I've worked at and companies I've started, it's, it's actually a pretty easy sell, which is that no matter where you are in the world, we want to put you next to the people that you care about sharing the same experience like we want you to feel like you're actually there doing things with the people that you care about mm -hmm. um and and the things that you're doing now are no longer constrained by reality right you guys could explore you know the moon together or or go to the bottom of the ocean and explore you know the deep at the mariner's trench right mm -hmm. um all of these things that were not possible uh, in VR w without VR are possible now. Um, so, so when I think about it, I think about it on two dimensions for VR. VR is the possibility of sharing these amazing impossible experiences, but it's also the ability to share them with p other people, uh, that you, that you know, right? Mm -hmm. So, so we just want to make it, make you, we basically want to create a teleporter that lets you live and spend time with whoever you want all over the world. And, and, you know, it, um, VR is kind of that, this kind of technology that is the first in many years, um, before video, ch after video chat and stuff that is about synchronous communication. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, you know, WhatsApp and stuff is all really popular these days, but, but this is completely different. It's, it's a way for you to actually, t instead of abstracting out just, the the facts you're trying to get across like you can potentially recreate the whole range you know of human experience um in virtual reality so mm -hmm. we think that's that's exciting enough for people to to want to jump on board mm -hmm. there's um yeah i there's yeah you, there there's the dream is so easy to i mean i see it it's kind of hard but it's um but it's but it's also kind of crazy <laughs> if yeah, you think about it. it Here we are creating a technology that would allow you to have shared memories inside places exactly. that don't exist. It's right. that's weird, dude. Like, yeah, come along. Yeah, go go out there and climb, you know, a a Mount Everest on Pluto. And by the way, um, and have that memory become, you know, ingrained in your brain and the brain of other people you shared it with. But that place never, never existed. That's, that's um, it's, it's like one step behind dream sharing. Uh, it, it's it, funny that you mentioned that because while I was out in the bay this week, this past weekend, um, 
I, I was interviewing at an accelerator program and I met this one group of people that were, was working on an app that let you dream lucidly. Hmm. <laughs> so you'd put on these, these electrode and, and you'd be able to dream, uh, and automatically dream lucidly. Mm-hmm. And, um, that kind of stuff is, we're, we're not quite there yet in terms of what we're working on, but that's essentially the point. Um, but the, the diff, I mean, I mean, it's it's crazy, but it's not that crazy because we've been having shared memories in virtual spaces with people for a long time, especially gamers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I met my first girlfriend back in high school over a game of Dota, um, nice. and that's how we bonded by playing Dota together. And you know, we would brag about you know when we got got godlike in a in a game or when we commiserate when we got owned because a bunch of pubs joined and they sucked at the game i mean it, it's it's kind of it's 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 that was also a shared virtual memory that couldn't have happened um mm-hmm. the difference about vr is it can actually make it feel like it was real mm-hmm. like it like it wasn't you staring at a monitor in your room yeah. like you were in the room instead being a character not a witness to the to the story it's insane i agree it's kind of my I, if i can share a quick story too i my first uh internet, internet girlfriend um was when i was in a freshman year of high school <clears throat> and it was through unreal tournament unreal tournament um there was this one map where everything was giant and i you know and i, and I just uh-huh. loved using the this gun called the redeemer because it was like a that. tactical nuke thing and it was insane and yeah and I met this girl there. I, well, I think at least I think she was a girl. Uh, I don't know anymore. I, did you did you nuke her and then she just uh, she just <laughs> fell for you instantly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. He was that's... like the homing nuke and like locked on her. And yeah. Exploded. <laughs> that, that's uh, <laughs> and she was like, "You have uh, left your mark on me, young man." Uh, <laughs> and then and, and there we bonded. So there's there's the yeah I feel like you're right there's um we're, it's just we've already been doing it and we're gonna do it better bigger fat, you know more badass than ever um with with VR hopefully and shared environments like that um but you know what I, let's go uh, walk with me down a crazy lane for a little bit you know sure. I, I asked people what do you think comes after the smartphone and I want to know what you think too. Um, and then, and then, if they say virtual reality or they say AR, um, I am now starting to ask the question: What well, comes after that? Um, and I have a theory, but I want to know what you think. So, so let's first answer the first question: What comes after the smartphone? Hmm. Well, I was gonna say VR, but that's <laughs> probably what everybody, everybody on your podcast says. Um, but. You know, I guess what I would say is VR is a medium. It's 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 kind of like a screen, right, or a touch screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you can build a lot of things from VR. You could build mobile experiences with VR. You could build like desktop sitting down experiences. But when I when I think of what the next technology or what I want the future to be, it's you know I I want VR to be the way you interface with your computer. Right. So I think mobile is going to be around and I think I think uh, I think desktops will be around. I think you'll put on your headset and that'll be the de facto way to say accessing the futuristic version of the desktop uh, or communicating with your friends um, versus uh, versus the way it is today. Hmm. Um, And so eventually I see, you know, like 
computer screens being auxiliary to HMDs. That's that's kind of like the world that I want to live in. And then what comes after that? Uh, it depends on how broadly you define virtual reality, right? Um, uh, I guess virtual reality is only subservient to like actual reality or like what they, I mean, DARPA is working on this crazy thing that lets you see like images directly by plugging into a neural modem essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so you don't even need a, a head mounted display. They just stimu stimulate the, the visual neurons in your brain. And then you, you see an led clock on in front of your field of view. Um, so I mean, that's crazy, but you know, I think that's going to come next. I agree. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it, my, if my if I could say any yeah. So after the smartphone comes comes this metaverse mm, machine that has AR and VR capabilities, and after that comes brain to brain communication along with cortical modems. Um, that yeah, because other because other than that, we, you know, there's the I feel like and I feel like computing is all about efficiency, about uh, completing tasks. With less mm -hmm. time, less repetition, um, and and just you know, what's faster than going straight to the brain? <laughs> right. That's gonna be weird. That's gonna be weird. Are we ready? Are you ready for that? I uh, I am ready. I'm totally ready for it. Really? Um, <laughs> it's gonna be a strange new universe. Uh, we'll have self-driving cars you know, that will be taking us from place to place while we're all just sitting in the back of it, facing each other with our VR headsets on, um, talking to people in VR. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be an interesting, like next 10 years or next 20 years for sure. I, I, I don't think we've even started scratching the surface of, of what's going to be possible. And I, I'm just really excited to be a part of this kind of, I guess, early, early founding stage of that no matter how far we get. You know? I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, there's so, you know, I feel like um, the more we talk about the edges of, of knowledge in terms of this technology, the more I feel like uh, we're living in a science fiction novel. And I'm also feeling like um, like we should really start questioning or having a, a, a more deeper conversation about what it means to be human. Um, because these technologies, especially when we get into the brain-to-brain -brain communication, it's going to change what it means to be human. Um, and I don't have any answer, really, to this. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't – I mean, then we basically have the matrix, right? Um, there's no need for us to actually be anywhere. Like, our conscious could just be just be uploaded into, into this web, right? Mm -hmm. And we'd have instant access to everything um, without any need for, like, say, like – looking at anything or trying to type something in with our hands, like we would be able to navigate this representation of, of the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to, it's interesting. It, how, how, what is, what, what are humans when you take away, you know, their base, their base needs, their needs to eat, their need to, you know, reproduce. <laughs> like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. It's going to be insane. Like, and sorry for interrupting. No. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. It's gonna be insane. And um, like Reggie says, um, my body is ready. 
um, <laughs> to get left behind by my consciousness. <laughs> um, yeah. Andy, you have been a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for all the insight that you've brought to the conversation. Um, how can people stay in touch? And by the way, do you have any final thoughts, any last shout outs you want to uh, put out before we bring things to a close? Sure. Yeah. I just want to, you know, set, give a huge shout out, huge thanks to, um, the, my entire team. So Hugo, uh, Gabe and Pete who have worked basically tirelessly to get our prototype up and allow us to show you and, um, allow us to talk to investors this past weekend and really start to build this product out. Uh, we're very early stages, but I want to thank them for all their hard work. Um, I'd also like to thank the Boston, uh, VR meetup. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd like to thank, I'd like to thank, yeah, I'd like to thank you, Chris, oh. for, for inviting me on the show. It, it was a wonderful experience. Um, and you know, the way you can keep in touch with me is you can reach out to me, uh, by going to tribevr at gmail.com. Um, and you know, I check that every day. And so I'll, I'll be, I'll be responding really frequently to that. Um, you can tweet at me at Andy underscore Sen, T-S-E-N, uh, on Twitter. Um, I also have a, a website, but the, the URL is not obvious. So I, I think I'll, I'll send it. I'll send it to you afterwards and you might be able to post it in the same page as the podcast. Yep. Um, and then uh, we have a subreddit, Tribe VR. Um, so you guys can subscribe to that if you're interested in learning more. There's not much there yet, but we'll start to put more content on there. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Very cool. All those links and uh, relevant uh, information will be added in the show notes. Once again, Andy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Chris.